0: So as always, our listeners are listening to us in the future, and I'm hoping that our future selves can confirm that Wednesday was a non-eventful event, that we have
1: a new president, a new Madam Vice President, that everyone is safe,
0: (laughs) a First Lady Doctor, First Doctor Lady, Doctor First Lady, and... Second gentleman, Doug and <laughs> dog high for life, and yes, everyone's safe. No more the, the 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 death count, casualty count of this event is hopefully zero. zero. Hey, wouldn't that be
1: lovely? Even I have a, a negative death count. Uh, maybe babies oh. are born during
0: this. I was gonna say maybe event. somebody gives birth <laughs> during this blessed event, and Doug like runs in. <laughs> I got this. I had a wonderful time watching this episode, and I'm realizing now that I've just been talking and we haven't done our introduction per usual. <laughs> we are Bicoastal Besties, bonding over wine and mysteries. And in case you just didn't know, I'm M.M. talking to my bestie. <laughs> and I'm Katie. <laughs> Putting her phone on silent, even though she literally said,
1: <laughs> I'm putting my phone on silent before we started recording. Um, but this is the one Times Mysteries, although I don't think either of us are drinking wine currently um, because of said multi-day yes. headache. And for me, uh, I uh, had quite bad insomnia last night oh. and am operating on two hours of sleep. Oof. So I feel like taking a downer right now <laughs> would not be the best of ideas. So I'm
0: drinking a La Croix. This is going to be a real punchy episode. I think it'll be good. And although I'm not drinking wine now, I was drinking wine while watching this episode. And let me tell you, for the first time in a long time, everyone, I enjoyed a lovely glass of rosé from At Wink Wine, hashtag not a sponsor yet, because I tried the magical wine wand. Have you heard of this thing? This is the thing that, that you swirl around and it picks up the, the sulfites? Yes. I had nary a reaction after I drank this. So so listeners, part of my very sad hashtag, this is 40 life, is that in my middle old ageness, I developed some sort of allergy to red wines. And I don't remember if I've talked about that on the podcast yet, but the sulfites apparently do my old lady self in if red wine a lot, rosé, kind of, yeah. And I get all kinds of like coffee. Like I get, it's like, I, it's not, not COVID, but you know what I I get the COVID cough, kennel cough. I don't know. There's, (laughs) it's just like a raspy cough thing that I would get after I drank it that I wouldn't get with white wine. And did I talk to my medical provider about this? Yes. What was her advice? I guess you shouldn't drink red wine anymore. I guess you got to stick with white. And I said, the pharmaceutical industry is missing out on a huge profit-making deal here. If there was some kind of an antihistamine-like something, which I know you're not supposed to mix those with alcohol anyways, but if there was something you could take, like a Beano, but for wine, people, a huge, huge. Dr. So-and-so, I am not interested in your
1: uh, bad non-solutions. I have solutions only
0: here. Solutions
1: if- only. Look,
0: not everybody can be Dr. Weed, okay? Doctor, <laughs> Dr. Weed here, although... Let me tell you, Governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam, laid out in a very long Twitter thread his priorities for the Commonwealth this year. And let me tell you, there are some great things on his to-do list. Number one, abolishing the death penalty in Virginia. Thank you. It's about time. We've talked about that on the podcast before. Also on the docket, legalizing cannabis. Thank you. So maybe I will get my own Dr. Weed. Maybe. Maybe.
1: Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe the. I mean, I would love to dovetail together when I can get my COVID vaccine and then just like go next door to a dispensary can we... and be like, "Let's do this." <laughs> be
0: even better if it was just an all-in-one <laughs> COVID and cannabis with a little in COVID and cannabis. COVID and cannabis. It's
1: like things and stuff. <laughs> So, listeners, as as a reminder, in case you are listening to these out of order, or if this is indeed your first episode, welcome. Uh, we cover now uh, Beyond Belief Factor Fiction, the late '90s, early '2000s UPN show hosted by your Commander Riker and mine, uh, Jonathan Frakes. Um, our earlier episodes are um, the Netflix Unsolved Mysteries reboot. We definitely recommend you checking those out. We're making a bit of a shift towards the mysteries of the paranormal and the mysteries of sky diners and death portraits and whatever oh, fun man. thing we're going to cover today. It is MM's turn to tell the tales and my turn to play the game and guess if they are fact. Or fiction and as also a reminder fact means based on a true story
0: (laughs) so we have a very loose interpretation of the word fact now katie are you ready for season two episode two of beyond belief ready as i'll ever be i'm ready to uh embarrass myself and um (laughs) get one or zero Look, you're going to enjoy the sheer 90-ness of all of this, if <laughs> nothing else. Also, I watched this with Super Husband, and we accidentally started on Season 2, Episode 1, which you covered last week, and I guessed on. And here's the interesting thing, Katie. Jonathan Frakes is wearing the same thing. In episode one is he is in episode two, which leads me to believe he went in in one day and banged out every episode <laughs> of season two. It's the camel hair blazer and the light blue button down. And I was it's, like, maybe it's like uh, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. They just like knock them all out. It make, That's kind of what I'm thinking, because you know what? They could only pay to rent Morticia Adams house <laughs> once. 20,000 candelabras.
1: Yeah, mummies. Mummies. Those, mummy,
0: those mummies can't be cheap. So many wall sconces and like this blue light. I don't know why it's blue. Like they thought that that was more mysterious than any other color of light, but like the light is just very blue. And the lasers for the laser transition. The laser transition. That got me. I mean, you described it beautifully. <laughs> you described the intro to a T and yet hope, destiny, <laughs> love my jaw is still on the floor also bats <laughs> as as my resident graphic design expert what font what font are it they using it looks like it's like
1: it looks like georgia like it definitely looks like a like a system serif font like it's not I mean, at the very least, it's not like papyrus or viner hand no. or anything like that. But I, th- I mean, because I think this was before papyrus and
0: viner hand existed. But also, but like, like every it's third, not scripty. Every third letter is capitalized when it shouldn't be, or something. I was just like, what is going on? It's very much that SpongeBob meme. Um, very, you know, oh, very, you know. I'll put
1: I'll yes. put in the show notes, but uh, you guys know what I'm talking about.
0: Okay, so his his opener for this episode season two episode two our theme was can we believe what we see and which seems rather generic but he's standing in front of an easel like he is presenting at a business conference right and there (laughs) there's the a big white kind of poster boardy thing on that he is presenting with and there is the outline of a black triangle And in the black triangle, written inside, in big black um, block letters, he says, when you read this, you immediately think it says, I love Paris in the springtime. But if you look at it again, you'll realize the mind plays tricks on us with our perception. It really says, I... I can't even say what this term is. I love Paris in the... The springtime. There's an extra the can we trust our mind?
1: I mean <laughs> that's a typo Grace. That's not a ghost.
0: I'm just, already just losing it. I think what would have been better is a thing where the word is the name of a color, but it's written in a different color. Ooh, that would yeah, have been yeah. a better example. So let's say the word is red, but it's written in the color blue, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or
1: um, have you seen that TikTok where it's like you will hear the word you're reading? Yes, 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 yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But this, rather I agree with than you. that's just uh, a typo.
0: That's just rather a typo. rather
1: than Paris the springtime, and like then he Megan's ends Australian. it with this very
0: suave trademark, according to IMDb. Um, His very deep, resonant voice of, because I love Paris in the, the springtime.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm saying like, it's Paris the springtime. That's my new rap name.
0: As last time, there are five mini episodes in this episode. The five stories are Fire Station 32, The Computer, not to be confused with the, the the computer. the, the computer. The Girl Next Door. The Wallet and The Woods, which all just leads me to ask why didn't they name the first story The Fire, the Fire Station? Station? Story number one. Are you ready?
1: Ready as I'll put ever the, be. Put
0: that drink down because I don't know when you're going to need to do a spit take. Okay. Put oh. down my
1: LaCroix. I'm ready for Puka Shell necklaces and frosted tips.
0: Let's do deals. It's almost as good as that. Okay fire station 32 when a boy alerts a firefighter about a major blaze that firefighter has to wonder how he actually knew about the fire at all did so, he have a prop it was a fireman's helmet nice and and, can, and he had this little i didn't go word for word cause he had this little speech that i actually hated about how every little boy wants to be a firefighter and why not it's super cool and i was like how about every child Frank? How about every child and then he says and why not? I mean, you get to ride around in a shiny red truck. Like- <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks, Freaks. Okay. So- get out of that gender binary, Freaks. <laughs> it's a goddamn spectrum. Okay. I don't think I could look at you when I do this, but okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I no, can no, no. be off screen. No, 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 nope, nope. Little Stevie Hansen hung out with all the men at his local firehouse, learning about how to be a fireman. So and how then, little is little Stevie Hanson? It's kind of well, creepy we, he, that he's hanging well, out with a bunch of old man. I agree. There's several creepy things about this. We find out like two seconds in to the skit, Katie, which I was getting to. Is that it? Oh, his t- sorry, sorry, no, sorry. No, no, no. It's his tenth birthday. Oh hell! It's his tenth. So he is now ten. But they do say that he has been hanging out there since he was six. Gross. Why, uh, Why is not he have friends? Why does? You know who his friends are. Roger Parks in the fire station yes and he wants to be just like Mr. Parks and I had the same thought where are his parents slash guardians slash responsible adults why are they like go along and play at the fire station not like these people are like doing a professional job or anything or need to pay attention to what they're doing so of course while little Stevie Hanson whose 10th birthday it was is hanging out in the fire station this little jerk climbs up into the fire truck and sets off the siren while it's inside the building so super loud and of course the new captain comes out and he's all gruff and he's like i know i'm new here but at my old fire station we never set off the siren inside and then mr parks has to jump in and be like oh that's just uh stevie hansen sir it, captain it's his 10th birthday and he really wants to be a firefighter when he grows up he's like i sure do you know, and they they have this this charming moment, and he this is this is the epic line from the captain. He says, "Fine, but this is a fire station, not a play station. Burr <laughs> <laughs> You need some aloe for that burn, everybody." <laughs> so after he uh, the captain lays this epic burn on everybody, uh, little Stevie's. They're like, maybe you should go home, kiddo. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'll see you later. So little Stevie gets on his bike to go right home, and you see him biking down the sidewalk, and that's where we get a glimpse at his glorious 90s outfit with the wide leg. I don't know if they were brand Janko jeans, but they were quite wide leg. And he's wearing one of those... Um, Color-blocked windbreakers, you know, where there's like a big square of red, a big square of green, yep, yep, yep. and yellow. And I always wanted something like that. My parents would never buy it for me. Think mom did. So that was glorious. As little Stevie Hansen is biking on his way back home, oh my gosh, he bikes past this house that has a massive fire in it, like massive, like flames coming out the window, coming out the doors. Oh, no. Mind you, this is like a rather suburban urban area where there are houses in very close proximity and across the street. Mm -hmm. There is no traffic on this road. (laughs) There are no people out and about. There are no neighbors on the sidewalk like there definitely would be in my neighborhood going, look at that. Look at what's going on. And so that's sure a fire right there. Hope someone's coming. (laughs) That's right. So what does Stevie do? He hops off his bike, goes and opens the door and starts to yell. He could hear women. Ba- you, we could all hear women vaguely going. Help me, <laughs> so, help me please, ten-year-old. <laughs> help! No, no. So, <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's flame noises and things, so they, they seem very distant. Is it full, so, it's full on backdraft. It's full on. So little Stevie goes. It's like, listen, he's basically giving him the, the basic stop drop and roll, get down <laughs> where there's clean air. I'm coming in. Right? Because he'll definitely like, be able to you carry that. Yeah, yeah, just biked over here. Why don't you just go bike your butt right back over to the fire station? Instead, we see him running to the fire station where he finds Mr. Parks. And he he's like, Mr. Parks, Mr. Parks, there's fire in the neighborhood, and he gives him the address. And uh, Mr. Parks says, uh, Stevie, like, you know, are, are you sure? Because we haven't had any calls in about any fires. And he's like, yeah, Mr. Parks, I was just there. Oh, my gosh, come on. We got to go. Roger Parks turns around, the captain's there. And he's like, where, where are you going, Parks? And he's like, oh, Stevie, he Hansen just told us that there was a fire down this on Hemingway Road or whatever, Mulholland Drive, you know, like whatever the <laughs> hell it was. And... <laughs> and goes we haven't had new calls in i'm like we have all established that there are no calls coming in no one cares enough about this house apparently none of the neighbors to call in right <laughs> it is and, the people everyone is dead by now all the women trapped in there are dead i, I basically yeah you know, i don't know how there's any sort of a structure left at this point point. and the captain goes stevie it's yeah, so like are you going to believe a 10 year old which is what we're all thinking and he's like lucid captain not captain captain i know this kid <laughs> He's being straight with us. We gotta go, and he's like, "Okay, fine, but take the small truck." And this <laughs> better not be a prank. And I was like, "Okay, if it is a prank, does it matter what size truck you take? You're I gonna, mean... you're gonna look bad." But also, if it is a fire, we've seen this fire. He needs the big truck. Let's be honest. <laughs> hey,
1: hey, hey, Cap'n. Hey, Cap'n. Um, maybe, maybe. Just consider that if it is real you need to put the fire out and if he says it's a big fire if you're gonna if you're gonna believe him at all why not send what is appropriate to yes what he yes. say yes
0: so he gets in what I guess is the small truck just him because he alone is gonna go fight this fire I guess and uh, I mean there are other people there they're just not going with him so he gets so in just this, Mr. Parks just Mr. Just Parks just Mr. Parks well he gets in the small truck Stevie gets in on the other side and he's telling him, he's like like the location of everyone in the house like there's there's two people upstairs and there's three people downstairs but I couldn't get anybody out and he's like okay thanks Stevie and then they like take off and they get there next thing you see they're hopping out of the fire truck the small fire truck outside the house still completely encased in flames uh Mr. Park gets out the hose and he's like Stevie this is really important as soon as I say go you got to flip this lever to turn on the water Okay, sure thing, Mister Parks. So, the fireman goes to the front door. He opens the front door. He's holding the hose. Stevie, he's like Stevie. He pulls the lever, and you see what I can only destri- describe as like barely a trickle, like I would have coming out of my hose in my garden, like coming out. I was like, that's not like, putting. There's a kink out. in the hose somewhere. Yes, like, it's, yes, yes, yeah. yes. So, the next thing you see, there's like a thousand firefighters there, and like fifty trucks, and. There's like three different women that were being carried out. They're all on the lawn. They're getting oxygen. And uh, Mr. Parks is talking to Stevie. And he's like, you yeah, did good, buddy. You're a real fireman now, Stevie. You're a regular hero. And uh, he gives him his helmet to wear. And Stevie's like,
1: yeah. like."
0: And then the other fireman from the fire station comes over. And he's like, Parks, you better get over here. And Parks walks over. And he's talking to him. He's like, did somebody not make it out alive? And he goes, just one. I'm sorry to tell you this, Roger. It's little Stevie Hansen. And he's like, what? But he's been here with me the whole time. And he looks over to the fire truck. And where he was sitting with his fire helmet on, it's just the helmet sitting on like the bumper of the fire truck. And then he unzips the body bag real slow. And opens it up. And it's little Stevie. And he keeps looking. He's looking at Stevie and looking at the truck. And looking at Stevie. (laughs) Like doing like a a, a cartoon double take. What, what, What? Yes. Yes. And he goes, he died of smoke inhalation. And Roger Parks is like, no, no, Stevie, no. Oh God, no. And that's the end of story one. And Frank says, an out of body experience. When Stevie came to alert the station, was he already dead? Did Roger imagine he was talking to Stevie? Or was it Stevie's destiny? Was this a true story of fateful proportions, or simply a false alarm?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. all right. So here's my here's my problem here. Okay. Oh, so
0: many problems. Let's hear them. So many, so many. Uh,
1: so timeline-wise, we are to believe that little Stevie is alive mm-hmm. at the beginning and hanging out with them on his tenth birthday. Goes to go home. Goes mm-hmm. and dies in the fire when he's trying to rescue the women, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. his, me. He, me. and then help his me. ghost is the one that is all like goes and gets Mister Parks. Mm-hmm. Yes, but also like the captain saw him too.
0: Well, the captain technically didn't see him when he came back.
1: So Parks goes. Little Stevie says there's a fire. Uh huh. So he so cap'n didn't see him.
0: That, that was a grown-up conversation. Was grown no up, and, and little
1: Stevie wasn't beside him going, let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay, okay.
0: No, little Stevie had already run off to the truck. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right.
1: I am going, are you going to keep track of my...
0: I, I am. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Okay. If you hear me typing, that's what's going on. I'm keeping track.
1: My initial answer
0: uh-huh.
1: is that this is true. Okay. Got it. Hi, Oliver. And by
0: true, you mean fact. Fact. Just joking.
1: It is an out of body experience and not a
0: false alarm. (laughs) Okay. Moving on to story number two. Okay. The computer. (gasps) A A computer
1: back in 97. Is it going to be like a ghostwriter computer?
0: 98, I'll have you know. Okay. The computer. A babysitter finds herself in trouble, but a mysterious occurrence sends the couple home early. Okay. That's just the tagline. So, two parents a new babysitter and a night of terror. Okay. So Jonathan Frakes is telling us, um, his prop this time is an old school refrigerator. That is like, um, a very off white and it's covered like our fridges with magnets and shit, like stuck on it everywhere. And he says, we can always be reached in these times. We have work numbers. And he's like, when he's saying this, he's like putting the magnet on the refrigerator with like the note, right? Work numbers, pager numbers neighbor numbers car phone numbers yeah you heard me right our true security is not in the hands of the people we hire it's in the hands of fate <laughs> yeah okay
1: uh hey simply safe we would also accept from <laughs> you.
0: some of us use simply safe and i got gonna say it. fantastic oh, that's a you? story that's a story for another day so got it um, I can't give away all the good stories all at once. True. So we see the story opens. We see what is Hello cute little kitty. That's not what we see in the story. Hello, Ollie. I know. I know. They're so bad, but they're so good. They're so good. Okay. I know. Okay. I know. Just wait. Just wait. Okay, I swear. This one's real good.
1: Right into the mic, Ollie.
0: Right into the mic. So, so I love I, I
1: love that the prop is a fridge like i think like that is such a stretch
0: and not like and yes i can say this because hashtag this is 40 it's not a sexy fridge right
1: <laughs> it's not one of those like bright red smeg ones that are like
0: it is not a sexy fridge this is like the refrigerator that i think i saw in our like fellowship hall that was already a million years old when somebody gave it to the church do you know what i mean it's like uh-huh. that kind of a fridge uh so the story opens we see it's night time A dad and looks to be a teenage girl are getting out of a car in the driveway. It looks like a very typical like ranch style suburban home built in like the seventies or eighties and in a neighborhood full of them. The dad is getting out of the car. Teenagers getting out of the car with a whole bunch of stuff. And he's like, Oh, like, I'm so happy that you were available to babysit tonight. And note, I think I had this exact outfit at this exact time so it was denim overalls in a nice. long sleeved multicolored striped shirt where the stripes were like really really thin because you know me and stripes and that yeah, thing i was like i was, a like, a I was like you had times. a stripes
1: you had a striped t-shirt
0: I know, I know i know but with the denim and everything oh, yeah. and then the hair that was like relatively straight but then like flipped out a little bit at the bottom with a little clip right question, here right here. On
1: question. The side? yes uh overalls fully both clipped or like yes. one off like crisscross.
0: Look, as she explains to the dad, the only reason he was able to catch her at home on a Saturday night was she has a huge term paper due. So she is clearly a goody two-shoes, and she has both of the overall buckles buckled. Got it. Got it? Got it. She's carrying a huge amount of books and, like, a big old backpack, which is also over both shoulders. She seems like a very lovely, and dependable girl. She's like, you know, that I got this term paper to write, but I'm just so happy that I got to be able to do this babysitting job for you. So they go in the house, and the mom, who looks like there's no way that she has a six-month-old baby in the house, which is way too clean for them to have a six-month-old baby, and they're all very put together. Um, She seems perfect. The baby's beautiful and perfect. She has never met this baby before, but the baby has an immediate liking to her, and she's holding the baby. She's like, I swear, the entire time that he's awake, my whole attention's going to be on him, and as soon as he goes to sleep, my whole attention's going to be on my term paper I'm not even going to have time to raid your refrigerator. Ha, ha, ha. And the parents are all, ha, ha, ha. And then they say, if you need anything, the mobile number's on the fridge. Don't answer the phone if anybody calls. Wait. Just, like, let the machine get it and lock the doors. The machine. The, the
1: machine.
0: The machine lock the doors and don't answer the doors for anyone. And she's like, sure thing, Mr. Johnson. So the parents head out for their big night because, you know, I'm sure they haven't been out since they had this adorable child, right? They drive up to the house where this party is obviously going on at this house. And here's how we can tell. Number one, it's at just like a, a neighbor's, some like a friend or neighbor's house, right? It's in another community or neighborhood that is full of single family ranch homes. How we know that this is the party house, though. They have Christmas lights in the trees and a makeshift valet station in front of the house. I know. the A va- <laughs> it, it neighborhood was... party? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because there's plenty of parking on the street and there's still a valet. And it's it's just like a little tiny little stand, and, but he's got his red jacket on. So they pull up to what is the obvious party house. He's like... Everything's going to be fine because, you know, mom away from the baby for, what, maybe the first time? We don't know. And she, he's like, don't worry. And she's like, okay, can you just get my coat out of the back of the car? Okay, darling. So he goes to reach back and he sees, oh, no, it's the babysitter's computer. It's in the back of the car. And we know it's the babysitter's computer because this computer case obviously belongs to a teenager in the 90s. The case is full of giant, bright stickers and patches and things. And they go, oh, we can't just leave it here. Sarah needs it for her return paper. And they're like, yeah. Wow. Well let's, I know. Well, let's call her. So luckily they have their brick of a car phone, right? Like the giant brick where the, and you pull out little antenna. she's
1: not supposed to answer the phone.
0: Right. But they're like, it'll go to, so she calls. And he's like, okay, good. It's going to the machine, which is what she's supposed to do. And they're like, Sarah, pick up. It's It's Mrs. Johnson. Sarah, are you there? Sarah. Sarah, are you there? Sarah, she's not picking up. So obviously, the next step is not. Oh, maybe she's changing a diaper, or she's in the bathroom, or something. the The next immediate step is obviously that we flip out, and so, well, we got to go home and make sure everything's okay, and then we can also give Sarah her computer so she can write her term paper. They, you know, close up the phone because you got to do it like that because it's (laughs) you know so old and heavy. And they race back to the house. And you know they're racing back. because So the next uh, scene is shot like you're inside the house looking out through their nice, lovely Can bay window. He screeches into the driveway in the Suburban or Station Wagon, like whatever it is, that kind of a car. They see, oh, no, something is wrong. Well, no shit, because the entire front window is like gone and busted out. And he goes, I'm going in. You call the police. So she, the phone again to call the police, right? It seems very the like it's, almost,
1: it's almost like, um, it's very I Dream of Jeannie. Like, hold on.
0: That's right. That's <laughs> like, right. Exactly. So the dad rushes inside. Everything still looks ostensibly the same in the house, except for the fact that the window was smashed in. And Sarah is tied. She's got a tie around her. Her, her hands are tied like around her wrist and her, Legs are tied, like her ankles are tied together, she's still sitting in the same chair that she was in before. But she's like, you know, and she's like gagged. She can't talk. And she's like, and the dad goes to run to her. But first, of course, he looks in the pack and play and he's like, okay, baby, check. Okay, now I'll go over to you. So then he goes over. And I'm not saying that wouldn't be the right thing to do, but she's clearly trying to tell him something. It's a right? trap! So he goes and he's untying, he gets a finger out of her mouth. He's untying her. And then the wife comes running in too. And, and they're Behind like, "Behind you!" And, and the wife screams when she comes in, but then Sarah's just getting the thing taken off of her mouth. So she's like, it's okay. And then literally as soon as the wife screams, Sarah says, it's okay. Some dude in dark clothing immediately comes running out of a side hallway with a bag full of stuff runs into the wife, drops the bag, and then like runs around the wife and out the door. So she Sarah's now up, she's unbound, and she's like, he came out of nowhere. I was just doing my term paper and then he was all over me and it was horrible. And they're like, Are you okay? How was her term paper without her computer? Well exactly. Oh, wait for it. Wait for it. And she said they're like, Are you okay? And she's like, I'm fine, but I was just really worried about the Baby, are like, well, the baby's fine. And she's like, he was only interested in your stuff. And, and they're like, oh, Sarah, thank God you left your computer in our car. And she's like, what are you talking about? And they said, that's the whole reason we came back. We got to the party, we saw your computer was in our car, and we know you need that for your term paper. And she goes, no, I had my computer here with me the whole time. She goes, look, I'll show you, it's in his bag of stuff. And so it goes to where the burglar had dropped the bag and it would just open it on the floor now. And there's all this jewelry that had spilled out of the bag, like yeah. pearls and diamond necklaces and such. And then her ginormous computer bag, because the computer was huge because it's 1998, that has all of her really bright stickers on it. There probably wasn't even a computer in there. Right? It's just the, the case they keep showing and she pulls it. she's like, see, it was here with me all the whole time. And so then the next thing you see, the police are cuffing the guy out front. There's, like, a friggin', I don't know. There's, like, 20 cop cars outside with their lights on. Like, they got out there really fast, and they're able to actually, like, I, where Faster was than those uh, firemen, I'll tell you that much. And I don't, like, they're cuffing the guy, like, right outside the house. Like, where did they catch, did did he run past the mom and then just, like, linger on the porch? Like, what was going on there? I don't know. Like,
1: he gets past the mom, and he goes, time to walk. Real casual, like, <laughs> <laughs> I would have whistled, but I
0: can't whistle. So, <laughs> so that's insane. Um so then Frank says, How could they both have seen the computer in the back seat when it was at home with Sarah all along? Was it an optical illusion or an otherworldly message to the new parents? Or perhaps the answer was created by one of our writers. Yeah, false. This home. one's false. 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 On false, her false, own false, computer. False.
1: Fiction. Fiction. <laughs> fiction. So fiction. 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 Oh, fiction. Fiction. Okay. I'd right like now. you to put fiction, it. I'd fiction. like you to put it in all caps. It old, is underlined. Um,
0: okay.
1: Because what ghost would be doing that outreach? Like. <laughs> in the first one it makes sense that little stevie's ghost would go to his only friends the old fireman and be like there i'm dead in a fire like that ghost outreach makes sense to me. me what the computer the computer ghost yeah. is doing an outreach and going like oh well my owner needs to do her turn paper <laughs> honestly this, as soon as i was like wait how was she doing her turn paper i was like is this, like, her boyfriend, and they were, like, planning on robbing them? Like, literally, I immediately was sus of Sarah. I mean. But because there is no I mean, ghost to do the outreach there. So, folks, false, false, okay. false, false, false. Okay, and I'm okay, leaning okay. very hard on this so that if I'm wrong later, it's even funnier. But. <laughs> hugely okay. false. What would Moving. even cause that optical illusion? I'm so mad at this proposition. <laughs> like, what, I'm not as mad as you were probably about the wife and the gun last uh, time. I'm like, still mad. I was
0: thinking about that over the weekend. I'm still mad about that.
1: The one Like, like the paranormal explanation here makes no fucking sense. It's just, I'm just. What? What are you? What? What are you telling me, freaks? Are you telling me that there was like a trick of the light, and they're like, up oh, there's a computer with these specific stickers? But this they both dumb. saw it,
0: Katie. They this is dumb. I'm mad. False. <laughs> You're going to be more mad before this is over, so just Ooh. bottle that feeling. Now, this mean, next story, I might be my favorite. Okay. okay it's real, real good.
1: I, I thought that death portraits would make you mad, and you were into death portraits, so we'll see. Because we'll see I want we that. We still
0: want that superpower. <laughs> okay. Story number three, which is called The Girl Next Door. Oh, well. Wow. A playboy falls in love with a woman who lives across the street, but once he's been unfaithful, she teaches him the ultimate lesson. Super husband and I, like I said, we watch this together. Okay, and neither one of us—and he's Mr. Gadget. I don't know if anybody, anybody else knows this. He is Mr. Gadget. He, he really is. Can tell you the history of every like brand of computer and the line and the phone and the gadget and what it when it was sold and what it does. He knows these things. The prop that Frakes is using for this story that he was holding up, I had no idea what it was, and neither did Super Husband. So, I will describe it to you. It was about okay. the size of my iPhone. Right when he's okay. holding it up, he flips, he flips it open horizontally, okay. and so it's like, like it's like got a side,
1: like a sidekick,
0: like a sidekick, right? But it, but a flip top sidekick, right? Yep. And then the bottom part's got like the keyboard, like numbers and letters and all that jazz. Sure. And the top part was some kind of a screen, but it wasn't on, so you couldn't okay. see what it looked like. He's holding this mystery device, Craig says, in his hand to do his little intro with his prop. And he says, for the modern Romeo, a computer microchip has replaced the black book. But that means nothing unless it's accompanied by a lesson of the heart. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Okay. So then we're looking at this amazing house. It is super duper cute. It looks like an old Wallingford house in Seattle, like super cute. Inside there's a dude on the phone, and he's trying to sweet talk some lady friend. And he calls her by the wrong name, and she—you can hear her—like flipping out on the phone. He's like, "I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry. I know who you are." And say
1: my name, say my name. Yeah, exactly. Around you, say, "Baby, I love." I love
0: you, you if you ain't running, running game. game. Say my name, say my name. So he is wearing a full-on Cosby sweater, if you can imagine this. Yes, <gasps> I he is. Can. And then and then uh Frakes' voice comes over and says, Curtis had hundreds of numbers of hundreds of women. But soon he has I know so much VD. So many STIs. But soon he would meet Florence Wheeler. And there's a So he hold on, baby, you know, and, and puts his phone down and he goes to the door and this lovely lady standing there, very prim and proper, and she says, Hello. I wanted to welcome you to the neighborhood. I live across the street. And he goes, oh, girl next door, huh? And she's like, well, nice meeting you. All right, and he goes, oh, and he kind of chases her uh, under the porch a little bit, and he goes, I, I know it was really sudden, but would you like to have dinner with me tonight? He's like, I- I'm-, I'm a really good cook, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And she goes, a man who cooks? I think I like that. <laughs> Now is she
1: dressed like Jessica Rabbit or something? Like is oh, no. this no,
0: like- no? She's actually she's very modestly dressed, very modestly dressed. But
1: she's very like. huh, huh. She So just, is this how is this how flirting and dating works? Is this why I'm single? Because this horrifies um, me. Uh, the, it's going
0: to keep horrified. horrifying you. It's going to keep I, horrifying you.
1: The idea of going. Into she's actually a like man very. And-
0: she's actually like very stiff. She's kind of like. Okay, you, gotcha. No one else can see what I'm doing right now. It's no very, very, very prim, very okay. prim, right? And just, he's like that's
1: the the visual representation of this sound. Hmm. <laughs> exactly. A man who cooks. I think hmm. I like that. Hmm. But okay, but this the idea of going into a man you just met's home, where he oh she to, didn't go in.
0: He she just knocked no, on the know, door but, to say hello.
1: But. That she did, wasn't immediately like, I'm not going into your home to eat your food. Like, is this how dating works? Correct. Is this why I'm um, so bad
0: at dating? Maybe it was dating in the 90s. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Right. It seems I agree with you. That's, you're, you're tread. you're going into murder house territory at that I point. Really? You, don't know this, you don't know this man. Let's eat um, in the room
1: with the drain in the floor. Mm.
0: But the best is yet to come because there okay. are, there are two really wonderful quotes and I give the writers a lot of credit for the story. The reason it's my favorite. So great quote number one, she walks away. You know, she's like, I think I like that. He's like, well, come back as well. and she's like, see you. So <laughs> she walks away. And he turns. He goes, girl next door, that's what I call some prime real estate. And then oh! he bites. Ah! He says that. No, no, no. No, wait for it. And then he bites his fist. Oh. <laughs> phone yes
1: <laughs> why are men <laughs> why are they it was the fist bite at the end that really got me the so... last time i bit like a fist was honestly like upon trying some really good ice cream
0: i was gonna say like uh, like <laughs> my girls you remember that story i told you about youngest daughter when she was eating She was like much younger, and she was eating a cupcake, and she was like eating it too fast, and she bit her finger. (laughs) (laughs) And that hadn't happened just once, it happened at least (laughs) twice.
1: Oh, she's a girl after my own heart.
0: I know. She's amazing. So then Frakes can, tells us, and the next we see her, she's over for dinner. And of course she's changed because it's I guess date. this is, it's, it's a date. They're, they're eating, they're finishing up. And Frakes says, you know, Curtis had a technique. You would dine them. You would wine them. And then he would add another conquest to his already impressive list. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a
0: technique.
1: Oh, I know. Uh, so gross. And then he says,
0: uh, the difference here was florence wheeler and then so she's getting up to leave right and she's like oh it's a it's it's about time for me to go and he's like oh it's so early why are you leaving note while he's saying this and he stands up from the table he has also changed out of his cosby sweater and he is wearing a very blue very silk flowy shirt (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna be like another cosby sweater no i wish And she's like, I guess, he's like, why are you leaving so baby so early? And she's like, I guess I'm just an old-fashioned kind of girl. And so he's like, okay. So he's walking her to the door. At least he wasn't being creepy and, like, really, like, trying to keep her there. And she's walking to the door. Sad that that's my threshold. And this is the quote. He goes, I just have a question for you real quick. She's like, okay. He goes, I'm not going to be able to get through this. Okay, <clears throat> let me get into character. I'm Curtis. I'm...
1: <laughs> you are Curtis. You're in a blue, flowy Curtis. silk pirate shirt. You're trying to, baby, it's cold outside. This right, moment. right, right,
0: right. How is it that a foin, 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 foxy lady like you not have a boyfriend? So that's fine, but she's so fine. He's saying it foin. Because you foin. And he's like, how about I walk you home? And she says, that's very gentlemanly of you, but as I previously told you, I only live across the way. So fast forward a little bit. Curtis is head over heels for Florence. They seem like they're in that perfect like honeymoon stage of their romance. They show them walking in the park together and she's sitting on his porch swing in his gorgeous house. And he's like, you're so beautiful. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me. I didn't know that I could ever feel this way about anyone. And she's like, you're quite the romantic. How is it that a man like you isn't married? And he says, because I was waiting for you, Florence. I'm never going to let you go. And she's like, I just, I want to be cautious because I had a fiancé. He cheated on me and it's taken a very long time to get over him. But I think I'm finally ready to meet the right man. Someone who's loyal and Makes me feel like I'm the only woman in the world. Is that you, Curtis?
1: A mystery device full of hundreds of numbers. And hundreds of (laughs) VDs.
0: Is that you, Curtis? He goes, I'm a one-woman man.
1: (laughs) Why are men?
0: (laughs) Why? So, the next night, she's over at his house, which seems like that's their norm. He couldn't see how close she was to his door. And he is having a conversation on his phone, his cordless phone. That's how you know he has money. He had the Cosby sweater and a cordless phone. And so he's kind of in his bedroom, but like the door is open, but he's on his phone and kind of like up against the wall talking. And with a really gross conversation, he's like, how about your place? Yeah, we can recreate that whole thing that happened at that cabin that one weekend. I can't wait to see your fine, Foxy face. And then he turns around while he's still on the phone, and she was standing there the whole time. So he's like, Why "Oh no! Earth?
1: Why on earth is he gonna be running game? <laughs> Why on earth would he have that conversation on the phone with her in the house? In the house,
0: she just lives across the way. Wait till she goes across the way to have the house, right? Like, it's not like you didn't to have the house. Have the like conversation. No,
1: she was right. in the house. He knew she was he in knew. the house.
0: He knew. So Why then, are men? I don't." so then she just runs away and she's like it's over Curtis Um, so the next day he quote unquote tries to find her to apologize and he realizes he's never been to her house because he is a self-absorbed jerk so he goes across the street to the house across the street and he's knocking and nobody answers and then he talks to the gardener like you do and the gardener's like nobody's lived here who for are years. you no, no no uh talks the gardener and he's like hi i'm looking for florence wheeler do you know her and he's like well nobody lives here by that name he's like it's just mr james that lives here but he's been here all alone for the past 25 years which really reminded me of that episode of friends where joey triviani has that idea about it always has like the guy meets the girl on the subway and they have this great day and then he goes to her, her apartment later to find her and the mom answers doors and Beth's been dead for 10 years. (laughs) And he uses that like old lady voice. That's what it reminded me of. And then he sees Florence running across the street. There's a church across the street that he's also never been to because he just moved to this neighborhood. And apparently he's just been spending all of his time with Florence in his house talking to other women. So she's running across the street to this church. So he follows her over there and he goes into the courtyard of this church. And then it hits him. There's a tombstone there with the name Florence Wheeler that shows 1924 to 1949 what in god's name he says and then Frakes does the voiceover did this story really happen how do you explain the gravestone was it her mother's or her sister's I had problems with that because what you name you have a kid you name them one name they die and then you have a second kid and name them the same thing that's weird Maybe there is no explanation. Is the story true or are we just playing around? That's the end of the story. Super gross.
1: Uh, um, oh, yay. Okay. So one, why are men? Why are men? Fuck that guy. Uh. Two, I mean, it could be a lot of things, right? Like she could have just seen the name on a tombstone and been like, this is the identity I'm stealing.
0: She could have been catfishing him. She could have been like a revenge. That's what that was one of the thoughts I had. She could have been like a revenge.
1: But yeah, I mean, ugh, this is a tough one, man. No. Um. So I guess what their proposition is is Florence Wheeler's a ghost. But like, why was she running to the churchyard? Because she lives in her grave.
0: <laughs> Look, when I go, I better not be living in my grave.
1: You know, I can live anywhere uh, else. If I want to be living in my grave, I would like my ashes scattered somewhere real fucking cool,
0: like. Send me to Jupiter or something. But does that like, mean you're like, that you're going to live there? I I don't know these rules, man. I would hope that at that point it's like you're free to go wherever you want. You're not stuck yeah. to like your neighborhood. That would that would be boring.
1: So, what, were her clothes oldie timey, or are they just no? They nineties like clothes. Okay, I'm going false for now. Okay,
0: I, I will reserve the in. right to
1: revisit, okay. but like I just at at the very least. I know where the ghost is coming from unlike with dumb
0: computer story. Okay, story number four. The wallet. A young teenager discovers a lost wallet only to to discover it's tied to his past. Okay. Yeah, it's the right look. All right. Uh, I didn't even bother to write down Frank's intro. It must have been bad. I (laughs) I mean, I
1: I assume the prop is a wallet. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, he definitely pulled out a wallet. It was something about like You never think about all the things you lose when you lose a wallet, kind of like you lose your sense of security. Okay. So he introduces us to Jason, who is a young man with very little in the way of material things. He's been raised by foster parents and he's working hard to get into college. What he finds may change the course of his life. So we see two high school boys. And when I say high school, that is definitely in quotes. These are high school boys the way high school boys were in nine oh two one oh, the original series. Oh, so forty year olds. At least. I mean <laughs> we know one of them is wearing a letter jacket and okay. um he definitely has some like five o'clock shadow growing in. And it's like Okay. Mm-hmm. No, and the other one and the other one is Steve ishemi hello yes hello okay exactly with the baseball at backwards in the skateboard and there's a band
1: yeah, yeah yes
0: and they're uh they're throwing a football around and um they say Jason was hoping to get an athletic scholarship because his foster parents can't afford to pay for him to go to college and they're throwing the football around and the friend it, without the jacket on is like, I'm tired and hungry. Why are you always pushing me so hard? And Jason's like, "It's called practice." And you may be tired, but I'm broke and I need a scholarship, so you better get that silver spoon out of your mouth. <laughs> I know. I was like,
1: wanting to eat. I was How like, dare you
0: want to eat? In theory, he's a he's a teenage boy. Of course, he always wants to eat. And also, like that's pretty hard to go on your friend here is who's out here throwing a football around with you. So his friend's like, "Okay, okay, man." He's like, "Go on," and he throws the football and. Jason's running for it like Tom Cruise style, and he he trips over like a tree stump or something, and he falls. Um, His friend comes over to help him up, and while they're helping him up, they go and they get the football, and it has landed right on top of a wallet. They open up the wallet. There's no money in the wallet, but it's full of credit cards and a driver's license. And he checks the address, and Jason says, "Oh, it's not too far from here." And the guy says, "What are you thinking?" If you return the wallet with no money in it, they're going to assume you stole all the money. You're crazy. He's like, man, this is the right thing to do. Takes the wallet. He's walking into the neighborhood. And Frakes is telling us that the people who lived on this block were unlike him. They were very comfortable. And they knew what tomorrow would bring. But it felt like it was drawing him into the neighborhood against his own will. Right? So then he finds the house. But it was his, it was his will. I, because... Uh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Just wait right. for it. All right, Freaks. So he goes to this house, which, does it look like a nice house? Yes. Does it look like it ought to have a butler from the 1800s? No. Does it have a butler from the 1800s? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is he eight feet tall? Yes. Is he lurch? Yes. He is probably related to him. He's also wearing a three-piece, like, tuxedo suit <laughs> and an, with an ascot. <laughs> and, and he goes so then jason the teenage high school kid from the foster family with no money who just needs a football scholarship is wearing, wearing this leather jacket he's like yeah i'm looking for mr neiman and of course the butler's like i see please uh, do come in and wait here so he goes in and does it look again does it look like a nice hallway yes does it look like a mansion no so again i I will i will announce you to the master yes but it's looking like very out of place right that there's this butler this huge butler so he's like uh i'll go get arnold and and jason's like arnold i'm not looking for anybody named arnold i'm looking for mr neiman and somebody taps him and there's another dude there who's like 10 feet tall and he goes i'm christian arnold i'm mr neiman's attorney would you like to come in here while we take a look at this wallet? So they go into, like, I don't know, the parlor room or something. So he's uh, he's looking through his wallet, and he's like, well, these cards are expired. And and Jake's like, I just wanted to do the right thing. Like, I found this wallet, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, no good deed goes unpunished. And Jason's like, well, what does that mean? He's like, oh, don't worry, young man, that's a joke. And he's like, well, I went over my head. I don't get any of this. Like, oh, I, Neither I just do I, you. I no, no, That makes it's no like, sense. I'd just like you to sit here for a minute so we can figure this all out. It's like, who are your people? My people? What do you mean my people? Which I agree, that's a weird thing. And he goes, your mother, your... He gets that weird mid-Atlantic 1940s accent out of nowhere. Your mother, your your father, who put you up to this? Are you from the Chesapeake, Jason's? <laughs> And he's like, look, mister, I just wanted to return the wallet. because it was the right thing to do. I'm out of here. And while he's saying this, he's kind of backing up. But as he's backing up, he bumps into like a little side credenza. And he turns around to look at the side credenza. And he sees all these oldie, timey black and white photos in these ornate frames. And he sees himself in all of these photos. There's one of him holding a big fish. There's another one of him doing other amazing things. And they le keep... gasp. Just, and then it... Le gasp. Ha, ha, ha. And then, in a very French fashion, they keep showing him a close-up of Jason's face. Close-up of the different pictures. A close-up of the butler's <laughs> face. A close-up of the lawyer's face. And they keep going around and around. Dum, 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 dum. Quick frames. And it goes. And then he's run. Then Jason's like running out of the house. And then um, the attorney's calling after him. But Mr. Neiman is dead. He died two years ago. <laughs> Do you think we can find him again? And the butler says, "Indeed, sir." The colours of his jacket are those of the local high school, <laughs> <laughs> high, school. <laughs> the, the local high school
1: Indeed High School
0: Indeed. is that where children go during the day, school when they aren't at the factories, school <laughs> <laughs> And then the the attorney says, Imagine after searching all these years for a living relative, he might finally be the missing heir to mister Neiman's forty million dollar estate. Um
1: Ooh. I am going true.
0: You don't seem super convinced.
1: No. But as an adopted person, I regularly think of who's this rando I have just met? Am I related to them?
0: So you're not busy looking for wallets that will lead you to a missing 40 million dollars. No, I just state? feel like
1: there can be lost heirs. And maybe I am one, Mm. is
0: my point. I would like Um, to see that. I would like for that to be true. I would like that very much. Yeah. Frank's wrap-up is, did fake place that wallet for Jason to find? When you dig for the truth, will you find the contents empty?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I'm going true, because it seems... Mm, yeah. I say that for now. I feel like I'm not going to change any of my guesses. This is going to be like whenever I play a game where you're a Jedi and you pick dark side or light side. Uh. Every single time, every single time, I'm like, this time I will go dark side and see what the storyline is for that. And do I? No, I do not. Full light side <laughs> all the time. Light side for life. So I feel like I'm like, oh, I'll change. I'll reconsider my answer. No, I'm not.
0: Now this may not be the most entertaining story. I mean, it was entertaining, but um. The Whoever was in charge of the uh, set design, let's say, for this story, I have got so many issues with that person. Okay. So, story number five is called The Woods, and the tagline is, a mysterious man in the woods saves a young boy's life. Okay. okay. So, the, the prop here is like a um, taxidermied snake, like you would see at the History Museum, <laughs> the Natural History like, Museum. What?
1: Is it, like, a cobra, like, striking? Or is it, like, just, like, a regular snake? It, the the, the
0: taxidermy? No, it just seemed like a snake-snake. Like, regular snake. Okay. It wasn't, like, um, in action No, like- no, no, no. Frakes tells us, one of nature's most reviled creatures. However, we are often the invader of their world. So should we be surprised if we encounter a snake in the grass? <laughs> okay. Okay, so the scene here is that there is a family setting up for a few days of camping at the lake. There's a mom, there's a dad, there is a son, who's maybe like seven or eight. And um, they are not dressed for camping, is what I really want to drive home. The dad is wearing khaki pants, a leather bomber jacket, a collared shirt, a leather belt, and a gold watch. The mom is wearing jeans. The mom is wearing jeans, but otherwise she's wearing, like, a nice sweater and a trench coat. And the boy is definitely wearing nice pants. Like, maybe, not khakis, but, like, maybe corduroy pants. And the only thing about their outfits to scream camping is the boy has, like, a kerchief, like, tied around his neck. And they've got all this stuff that they're trying to set up. And the dad is trying to set up the tent. And the dad is clearly useless. Not only does he not know how to dress to go camping... He has no idea how to put this tent together. And the mom's kind of like, maybe you should take a look at the user manual. And dad's like, well, then there's no challenge. Ha ha ha. Thanks. Why are men? And the little boy's like, I'm going to go hunt for worms. And he takes off with a jar. When I say camping, they're not like at a campground where there's like other people camping. They're just like in the woods yeah but like i don't believe that these people would have even made it that far into the woods do you know what i mean do you do you think these actors showed
1: up and like picked up their wardrobe and it was for something else and they were like shit 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 we have to
0: shoot something else and yes. like all of a
1: sudden they're camping yes
0: or they I just think. wore the clothes that they wore that day and they were just like okay, it's fine you're you're your own wardrobe let's do um, it this Especially because that kerchief matched like nothing else that, that this kid has. So he goes off with his jar of worms, and I'm thinking to myself, you're just gonna send this kid off into the woods. So he goes off in the woods, Nobody, nobody's watching him. The tent is pathetic, and it's like, it, it, no, it's like half collapsed in on itself, and the mom's laughing. She's like, like ho oh, oh, ho, I love that stupid man of mine. Um, and she's like, oh, I'm starving. And so I don't know what she was doing while he's taking, like, hours to put up a tent that's not up. So what does she do? She opens up a Ziploc that she had packed full of Cheetos. She did not just put the bag of Cheetos in the car. She put the Cheetos into a Ziploc that she then went to pack. And she's like, like, one at a time, like, I'm just so starving. And while she's eating her little Cheetos one at a time, the dad is totally trying to get it on with the mom and i know randy randy is close by and she's like uh where is that kid that we brought into this world i'm getting a little worried and so the dad yells randy and then i kid you not his follow-up call goes randy he's like oh well he's not here he's fine let's get back to like getting it on and the mom shoots him this look that's like Uh Uh-uh. And he goes, okay, fine. I guess we'll look for Randy.
1: Uh, Okay, I'll go look for our son. Ugh. Fun Who didn't respond when I called to him.
0: Meanwhile, Randy's been out in the woods. He found a whole bunch of worms in his jar. And then he sees this really cool rattlesnake. And these douchebag parents have clearly never taught this child anything. And he has no natural instincts because the snake is rattling its tail at him. And... He's like, I'm gonna get a stick and poke it.
1: No, uh,
0: Randy, uh, Randy dead. Randy real dead. (laughs) Of course, he gets bit. Kind of like goes out and goes back in, and then when he sits up, all of a sudden there's a guy in a wheelchair right next to the kid. He's like, hey, just you know, I'm I'm here. I'm gonna help you through this. Um, He's like, hey uh, stay calm. Let's take some deep breaths. And then he instructs him on like what to do for first aid. You know, if you reach in this pouch behind me, I have this yellow thing, like get it out. And it's like, uh, it's like a little suction pump thing. Like if you've seen for bug bites, but like on a bigger scale. And he's like, so put it over the bite and then push it and then pull it out with your teeth. And he's like, why can't you just help me, mister? And he's like, I would son, but you see, I can't move my arms. And he's like, well, okay, like the kid's not questioning any of this. He's just like, oh, okay. So he's like, so just
1: a, So wait, they're still in the woods. Yes,
0: and there's just a dude in a wheelchair. He can't move his arms, son. I can't move my arms. You're gonna have to do this yourself. But I'm but he's in the woods,
1: do. so he's off road in it. Yes. But he, but the kid is interacting. Yes, with the stuff, and he gets the
0: pump thing from his first aid kit. So he's interacting with the stuff. So the stuff can't be like ghost material. Finally, after they're calling, they're calling. Randy hears them, and he's like. And then the dad calls over to non-existent people. He's like, "Guys, he's over here." And you're like, "What guys are you talking to?" <laughs> and then in the next shot, there's like all these EMT personnel around the kid in the woods, and they're the EMT guys get like, "Oh, I gave him some anti-venom medicine, but you know he's looking okay." He's like, "I'm really impressed. You're just you're a city boy, but you got first-rate first aid skills." And the little boy's like, "Well, it wasn't me. It was the doctor. He had the plunger there, and he told me what to do." And the EMT guy goes, Oh, was he in a wheelchair? He's like, yeah, he was. And the mom's like, Who's he talking about? And he goes, Oh, local guy. Had a terrible accident on his way back from school and he was paralyzed and spent the rest of his life as a quadriplegic. And they're like, Oh, does he live around here? And he goes, He died 10 years ago. <laughs> 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 they did that again? <laughs> and and they'll go, they And did so. That again. Yeah, <laughs> again. And so then Jonathan breaks Since says, Did the doctor fake his own death years ago to live as a hermit by the lake? Does this story have a hint of truth? Or are we no. trying to put the bite on you? The, put the bite on me. I you? don't even, is I've that, never heard that. Is before. that a phrase? I've never heard that before. It's a Freak's phrase. Freak's phrase. TM. That's uh, the name of my new autobiography. Putting the bite on you. Uh,
1: yeah. So, False. Okay, false. I'll put that down here. Alright. Unless it's like the kernel of truth is the dude's not a paraplegic and he's just some weird hermit. <laughs> but I'm gonna Okay, we gotta re- we gotta review because okay. I honestly don't remember what I guessed. Okay, we're
0: gonna review. Story one was Fire Station thirty-two with little Stevie. And I said that one was true. You said that one was true. Do you keep in your answer? Keep, keep, yeah, keeping that. Okay. You were correct. Ding ding ding. <laughs>
1: didn't expect to feel that excited about that
0: story number you guys two. i did it i did a dance she did a whole dance there and i hope i see it again soon <laughs> wow is your version of a touchdown dance wow wow okay story number two the computer false
1: false 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 false, false.
0: you are correct the story Yay! was fiction.
1: <laughs> i'm so excited that's false i was so mad at about- that. There's
0: no ghost to do the lifting there. <laughs> story, story. Okay, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Story We're number in. three The Girl Next Door. You guessed fiction. False.
1: So, wait, mm. we have this one. Yeah. We have Woods one. And then what was the other one we had? Uh, right? The
0: Wallet. Please don't forget about the Wallet. We had the Wallet. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: False. I'm
0: sticking with false. We're sticking with false for story three The Girl Next Door. Yes.
1: You are correct! Yay! <laughs> okay, okay. Woo!
0: Woo! Story number four about the wallet.
1: <laughs> the wallet. I'm sticking with true.
0: You're saying true. Frakes tells us that this is indeed fact. Yeah! 444! <laughs> four, four, four! Just like Wendy's. 444! Four, four, four. <laughs> Ma'am, this is a Wendy's. You can get four for four.
1: Oh, I'm so excited.
0: <sighs> Take a oh, breath. Take a real deep breath. Ooh. Will she go all the way? Will she? Okay,
1: okay. So we
0: have Is There a Weird Hermit. Take a deep breath. Okay. False. Story number five. The woods. You say fiction. False. False. Frank says Fact. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> you were so close to a perfect win streak. So close. You have four right. Fact. That was great. My that one. Fact. Was fact. I want to know what that's based on. I want to know too. Um, amazing streak. Amazing. Good for you. So disappointed. <laughs> See, I was just happy I got like at least one right. I was like, wow, yeah. See, this is the difference between us. You're like. I need to be perfect. I need a, I need a perfect score. And I'm like, wow, well, look at me. I didn't fail everything. I mean, it's not
1: that I need it. It's that I want it so bad. <laughs> I Oh my God, the worst thing ever. So I've had the the Peloton since May. And um, they do like a streak. So if you do something related to Peloton every day, it doesn't have to be like writing. You can do like a five minute meditation. And like you get a streak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a streak going starting like the second week i had it until january 6th and oh, wow. i just sort of like was putting it i was like i was like oh, i'm just gonna it's a rest day i'm just gonna meditate and then i fell asleep on the couch and woke up at 12 35 and i was like no also so what didn't put, january 6th I mean, I put,
0: ruin for everybody
1: jeez i put a lot of value on dumb stuff and like ugh that was soul crushing to the point where I tried to pull an animal crossing piece of shit. <laughs> I, went back and in I, time. Changed, I changed the time <laughs> on the Peloton to the day before and was like, did like a five minute thing. And it, it caught wise to me. It
0: didn't work. You <laughs> tried to cheat the Peloton. Sometimes.
1: I try. I mean, it, it doesn't do any, it's just now I'm getting like new streak that it's like, you did a 10 day streak. I'm like, oh, I know. I wanted a year streak so bad. Wow! You get nothing for this. The only thing that you get ever as a prize is you get when you hit a hundred of something, you you get a free T-shirt. Yeah,
0: look at that! And I already got the free T-shirt. The guns. So there's
1: nothing. There's not. I don't have guns anymore. The guns are gone.
0: I see them. They're never really gone. They're buried. They were inside of you the whole time. (laughs)
1: The guns were the friends we made along the way. Honestly, <laughs> um, this was that was a good episode. It uh, was. I was loved. It loved. Guessing is very stressful.
0: <laughs> I w- <laughs> look. You came out looking much smarter than I did. So, congratulations!
1: I'm actually going on two hours of sleep. Pretty psyched with the four. I'm uh, impressed.
0: I am impressed.
1: We'll come back next week where M.M. will once again yes. be our guessor. Um, Nowhere you know, to go but up, it. baby. You can email us at winetimespot at gmail.com or find us at our socials at winetimespot on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know how you guessed. If you watch along, once again, you can
0: stream this for free on Amazon Prime.
1: Did you beat um, Katie?
0: Did you get all five? Is she going to get mad Did you got five and she only got four? Did that happen?
1: <gasps> well, I mean... I'll block oh. you from my personal accounts, but
0: you can still <laughs> follow us at
1: Wine Times Pod, but I will block you forever from at Katie Haas. And you can find MM at, at True Crime Line69. Thank you, Official Chris
0: uh, Hansen. Yes, thank
1: you always. They, they, that should be like the sign off, right? Thanks always to at official Chris Hansen. Yeah. Just
0: for in general. Mm. I mean for the handle, but just given in so general. much to us. He's given so much and he asked for nothing. Mm. Except for that cameo money. Yes, for than he has that, for
1: fifty dollars. That's I all. He know, has that's for. it. That's it. Um, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Come pop a bottle with us, and uh, we'll we'll put the bite on you.
0: Maybe Franks <laughs> will put the bite on you. <laughs> Title of my sex tape again. Part two. <laughs>